Welcome to Law for Kids, week 14. Today we have a special guest named Jessica Marlin. She's a professor of religion and law at USC in California. Jessica, thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm going to ask you a few questions. And the first question is, did you go to law school? I did not go to law school. Um, when I started my graduate education, I didn't know, I didn't know for sure whether I was interested in law. And honestly, it, I thought that people only went to law school because they wanted to be practicing lawyers. I didn't know that people really went to, it, it just didn't occur to me that people went to law school to study the history of law. So I have never been to law school. Um, so if you didn't go to law school, how did you get interested in law? Um, that is a great question. So I got interested in law because when I started studying the history of Jews in North Africa, um, I realized that a lot of the sources, a lot of the texts that were written by Jews in North Africa a long time ago were about law. They were texts about you know, you should do this, you shouldn't do that. Um, laws about how you get married, laws about how you eat kosher food, laws about um, all sorts of things about how to be Jewish and follow Jewish law. And I sort of thought, hmm, there must be something really important about law that other people maybe haven't paid so much attention to. So maybe I should try to learn something about law and then I will understand more about the history of Jews in North Africa. So that's what I did. And I got really, really into it. I really enjoyed studying about Jewish law. And then I started studying Islamic law. And that's how I got interested in law. And then eventually, I sort of uh, really later, after I finished graduate school, after I finished my PhD, uh, I started getting involved in this group of sort of a mix of law, law professors and professors in the humanities. So English professors, history professors, religion professors, et cetera, who like to get together and talk about law, but not, not so much from a kind of lawyer perspective, more from a sort of like, how does law work in society perspective? And that's how I got really interested in, that's how I got, I think, even more interested in law and legal history. So. Um, how did you learn about the law if you didn't go to law school? And I, um, did you get interested about the law by reading the text that you found in Africa? Yeah, that's right. Exactly. So I, I learned about law in part by reading books that other people had written about law. Um, and partly by reading these texts that I was saying, these the ones that I started with uh, are called tishuvot, um, which means answers in Hebrew. And they're literally just answers to questions. So this still happens today. Um, people would write, if they had a question, like, you know, how do I eat kosher meat if I'm traveling far from my home? And they would write to a rabbi and the rabbi would write back with an answer. Um, often they were a lot more complicated than that, uh, but that's the basic idea. And then those 
answers, which were often very, very long, would be published in books. And that those were the first kind of legal sources that I started reading. And I got really interested in them. And then I started reading the same kind of thing in Arabic. Um, in Arabic, it's called a fatwa, but it's basically the same idea that um, a Muslim jurist called a mufti will answer people's legal questions. So anybody who has a question can write to this mufti and say, hey, I have this problem, you know, how should I fix it? And the mufti will write there his or her opinion, mainly his. Um, and then uh, these texts are preserved for years and years and years, and some of them are from hundreds of years ago. And so it's a really great way to learn about the history of law and how people used to practice law in the past. And that's how I first learned about, that's how I started learning about Jewish law and Islamic law. Are those answer like books that were published when they asked the questions, were they in um, English or were they in Hebrew and like Arabic? The ones that I read were published in Hebrew and Arabic, but they could be published in all sorts of languages. And today, um, a lot of rabbis and muftis publish their answers, their responsa in English or even in other languages. Um, but the ones that I read for my research are almost always in Arabic and Hebrew. So you had to learn different languages. Right, right. So before I started graduate school, I learned, I started learning Hebrew and Arabic, and then I kept studying for a while. Um, and I'm still studying language, learning a language is a, is an ongoing process. <laughs> okay. Um, what is your background in Judaism and Islam? Um, well, my background in Judaism, I grew up Jewish and I grew up going to Hebrew school, but to be completely honest, I didn't learn that much in Hebrew school. So most of what I learned, I learned in college, um, both through taking classes on Jewish history and Jewish studies and Jewish literature, also just through participating in well and going to services and doing a lot of learning on my own. And um, I mainly learned through studying. So in, uh, when I was an undergraduate in college and then, um, um, but I also spent uh, some time, a lot of time in Morocco, first to study Arabic and then to do research. And so I learned a lot there just from talking to people and observing and traveling around. Cool. Um. You have a class this fall about religion and law, correct? Mm -hmm. That's right, I do. So um, what are you teaching in that your, your class about religion and law? Um, so part of the class is really focused on law and religion in America. And I'm mainly interested in how the United States Supreme Court has interpreted the First Amendment, which guarantees both, which guarantees freedom of religion um, and also guarantees the separation of church and state. Um, so we read a few different Supreme Court uh, opinions, which have to do with questions that come up. So like, you know, let's say your religion tells you that you should do something like take a drug, but taking that drug is against the law. 
are you allowed to take that drug because your religion says you could you should do it or are you not allowed because that draw that drug is against the law and so we read these cases and we talk about it and i always really enjoy it because my students always have really interesting opinions and they always come up with really um, interesting questions and ideas so that's really fun and then we do a second part of the class which is more kind of about comparative law and looking at different legal systems. So we read about Jewish law and we read about Islamic law. We read about Zoroastrian law. Have you ever heard of Zoroastrians? No. So Zoroastrianism is a, is a religion that began in ancient Persia. And there are various branches that exist today, but one branch of Zoroastrians are called Parsis and they live in India. And it's a very small religion, even smaller than Judaism. Um, and they have all of these really interesting beliefs and we study about their approach to law and how they figured out, you know, what, how you should get married according to Parsi law and things like that. Um, so that's fun. Um, do you find most of those laws different or more similar? Do you find them dif more different or more similar? Good question. I think one of the things that we learn by studying all of these different legal systems, Jewish law, Islamic law, Zoroastrian law, um, etc. I think one of the things that we learn is that there are ways in which legal systems can be very, very different. Um, like when it comes to marriage, in some legal systems, you're allowed to marry multiple people at the same time. Um, and in other legal systems, you're only allowed to marry one person at a time, right? In, in America, you're only allowed to marry one person. Um, so it's kind of funny, the idea that you might be married to two people or even three people or four people. But in other legal systems, that's totally normal. So in some ways, it's, you know, it's really fascinating how different law can be. But then there are certain ways in which it's pretty consistent across different cultures. So like the fact that you get married you know, it exists in almost every culture, which is kind of amazing that there is this kind of special bond between two or more people where you kind of pledge, you know, you pledge to be together and you create a family and that's kind of special. Mm -hmm. um, is your teaching different because it is over Zoom or any other virtual program you are using? And if so, why? Uh, yes, it will be different. <laughs> <laughs> the truth is, um, so I'm teaching over Zoom. That's what we use at USC. And um, this will be my first te time teaching over Zoom because I wasn't teaching in the spring. So uh, in some ways, you should ask me this question in like three months and then I'll have a better answer. <laughs> but it's definitely going to be different. I don't, you know, usually my class on law and religion is a three-hour class and we sit there together for three hours once a week. And it's really intense and we talk a lot. And I don't think anybody's going to be able to sit on Zoom for three hours straight and keep up a really interesting discussion. So we're, I'm going to shorten the class. And also I'm going to split us up into groups. Normally, I just have, you know, however many kids are in the class, however many students are in the class, we all meet together. And this year I have about 20 students. But I think 20 students, it's going to be hard to get a good discussion going on Zoom. So I'm going to split us up into two groups and we'll do shorter sessions with each group. Um, but also one of the things that's challenging is a lot of my students are live not in America. 
um, because they don't, you know, everything's remote. So a lot of my students live in places like Japan or China um, and they can't participate in the Zoom discussions because when we're, you know, when it's noon or 1 p.m. here, it's like three in the morning in China. So I have to figure out ways for them to participate in the class, you know, without, um, uh, without actually being at the, at the Zoom session. So that's challenging and very, very different from what I'm used to. <laughs> Do they live there or are they like traveling there for like college? I think most of them live there. And, you know, most of the students have gone back home and they are just staying with their parents, but their parents happen to live far away. Um, what do you like about your job? Hmm, that's a great question. Well, I do love teaching and I love, especially teaching small classes. My law and religion class is a small class and I really love being able to get to know the students really well. And I really love having lots of interesting discussions and hearing their perspectives and their ideas. And I always feel like I learn a lot from them, which is probably the best part for me of being a teacher. And is that they're always challenging me to, to think about things in new ways and to think about things differently. Um, but I also really love the, the research part of my job. So when I'm not teaching, what I'm mainly doing is writing and doing research and reading about the history of Jews in North Africa. And I really love that. I love going to archives and I love finding new documents. And I really love sharing my ideas and having conversations with my colleagues and, um, Right now I'm finishing, I'm trying, well, I'm working on finishing a book um, that I'm really excited about still, even though I've been working on it for about five years. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, that's just really fun. I really love that part of the job. And before I go on to the last question, my dad says like, it's like a whole nother job teaching virtually, but he's a high school teacher, so. Yeah, I, I would, so far I agree. It's been a lot of work to try to rethink my courses and rewrite my syllabus and come up with different ways of engaging the students. And I think it's just gonna continue to be more work throughout the semester, yeah. I think it's, it's, it is like a whole different job. And the last question is, if you had a different job not related to teaching and religion, um, what would it be? Oh, that's a good question. Um, well, hmm. I would love, I actually have always been interested in what it would be like to be a lawyer, not like a lawyer working for a big firm or like a corporate lawyer, but um, maybe a public defender, who, uh, which is a kind of lawyer who works to defend people who are usually accused of crimes, but who can't afford to pay their own lawyers. And, and so you're, you're working with people um, who are really in need of your help, and you can really make a difference in making sure that people are treated justly. Um, I also think it would be really fun to sometimes I have a fantasy of, of sort of going somewhere very remote and being a farmer <laughs> and growing my own food and vegetables and having lots of animals. Um, 
And honestly, that fantasy has been pretty active since COVID started because I feel like this would be a great time to just live in the middle of nowhere and, you know, not be in a big city and be far, far from other people and live yeah. off your own land. So yeah, those those are my two jobs. I don't know if farming. I mean, I don't know if I I don't know how much I would actually consider farming a job. I don't know that I would sell. I don't know that I'm interested in selling that much stuff, but I would be interested in kind of living self-sufficiently. Yeah. Um, when we went to Santinez a few weeks ago, we went to a fruit picking farm and it was really uh-huh. fun. And you realize how much the farmers are working because when you're picking the berries, it feels like 10 degrees hotter than it actually is. <laughs> yeah, it is. Farming is really hard work. It really is. And that is one reason why it's mostly state of fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so thank you for listening to Law for Kids. Jessica, we loved having you on Law for Kids. Wow, Thanks, it has been such a pleasure.